Hi guys and welcome back to the Rach Active podcast. My name is Rachel J. I am your host. I'm also a coach and the founder of Core 30. I am very excited to welcome my guest to the show today. She is a professional boxer. She's also a former professional table tennis champion out of Sweden and she's come off her first professional boxing win against Felicity Loiterton earlier in the year in the Tim Zoo undercar, which is very exciting. Welcome to the show, Lynn Sandstrom. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited that we get to chat because I guess the way that we sort of bumped into each other was kind of fortuitous because uh, you were in Melbourne yes. and you were doing a few bits and pieces here. Yeah. And obviously I coach at a tribute, so we saw each other at tribute, which is really cool. Yeah. No, awesome. I mean, I love you guys, Jim. So yeah, I was happy to bump into you there. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. So I'm excited that we get to chat about all things health and fitness and boxing because I feel like we've got quite a few things that we really, you know, kind of connect on, which is really cool. But one of the things that I noticed when I first met you in person is how tiny you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're probably similar. Your last fight you weighed in at probably about what, just under 51 kilos? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did. I think I'm a couple inches taller, but you're about five foot three, right? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> I looked it up. I think what's really cool about this is that I think there's a perception of boxes that kind of is floating around that boxes kind of have to be bulky to be strong and powerful, right? And and people don't really expect to see someone like you to be a boxer. So I'm really interested to know what has the reaction been when you tell people you're a boxer, what, what, how do people react to that? Well, yeah, like you said, like I don't look maybe like the typical boxer or, you know, if there is a thing like a typical boxer, but basically it's like, what? Like, are you a boxer? I'm like, yeah, I'm a boxer. <laughs> uh, but I mean, obviously how I look doesn't determine if I can whack a punch or not, you know. Um, but yeah, I used, I used to love boxing and anyone can do it. So yeah, I'm a living proof of that. <laughs> I know, you so are. And I had a similar experience where, I mean, I'm not a pro boxer or anything, but I boxed. So I was in an Uber with my Uber driver and he was asking me, what do I do? And I said, I'm a coach and, you know, health and fitness and boxing. And he kind of looked at me and was like, you're too skinny to, to box. You know, that's what people <laughs> think, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I think what's really cool about you is that, you're kind of breaking the mold of, of kind of, I guess, people's perceptions about boxing, especially women in sport and boxing. And one of your mantras is to inspire women, right? To yes. pursue their goals, help kind of break down those barriers to women in sport. So why is that so important to you? I mean, being a female in a male-dominated sport is really hard. Like, it's been hard for me. But, I mean... I also show that anything is possible. You know, like lately I've really stepped up my own games. You know, I have a really solid team behind me uh, and I'm lucky enough to, you know, get to fight on the biggest cards in Australia. So I really get to inspire other girls to just follow their dream and do whatever they want to do. You know, it, it's such a cool feeling. And my journey hasn't been like straightforward either. You know, I haven't won all of my fights when I was an amateur and stuff like that, but still I'm able to inspire people to, you know, like show them that, you know, just keep going, just following your dreams and you will 
get there, you know? Yeah, and you've had such an incredible journey. It's a very diverse journey because you started in Brazil. Yeah. So take me through how you got from Brazil through all your other bits and pieces to where you are now. Yeah, so I'm born in Brazil, uh, but I'm adopted. So I came to Sweden. So I was adopted by Swedish parents. So I came to Sweden when I was uh, seven weeks, I think. Uh, And then I had a really good life in Sweden, you know, a really good family. My brother is also adopted from uh, from Brazil. Um, And I grew up there and started, as a kid, I did heaps of different sports. Uh, And then I started playing table tennis and I did that for, yeah, for a long period of time. But when I started, people were saying like that I started too late and that I was never going to be good enough to do that sport. I just really wanted to prove people wrong and I had really good coaches in table tennis. And so we trained super hard. And then after that, I became really good. And I um, went to a private school in Sweden as well, like an elite sports school uh, where I could play table tennis during school hours. And, um, you know, when I graduated um, high school, I got awarded as the best athlete out of every athlete at the school. So I went to China, played table tennis there full time. uh, And just all of these things. But because I was a female, I couldn't make that much money of the sport so then after a while I was like no nah, I don't want to do this no more because I'm putting in as much effort as the boys are doing and they are living on this sport but because I'm a female you know I would have to pay my way to get somewhere Um, so I stopped playing and um, I started studying instead and um, I, I, I have a bachelor's degree in marketing and so I did that and then um, started doing some marketing work but then when I felt like, nah, you know what, like I just need a change. So yeah, that's when I moved to Australia. Amazing. What have you taken from table tennis into boxing? Because it, they're such different sports, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think I took my work ethic with me. That's something because I've been an elite athlete, like at, at a high, high level. So for me, coming from Sweden, uh, where the rules are pretty strict and that you live really, really living the athlete's life to a more kind of relaxed Australia was a um, hard adjustment for me. Uh, because, and especially like boxing, you know, like you're in camp during some weeks and then you take some weeks off and then you're in camp again. Like for me, I'm just used to training 24-7. That's what I do. So that was a big like um, change for me. But I think, yeah, just being an athlete and, and my hard work ethic, it really helped me transitioning into boxing and, you know, like I'm used to setting up goals and reaching my goals and just working super hard. So that was like the benefits of going from being one athlete to another that I'm taking with me. Yeah. So it's the dedication to the sport, I suppose, that you sort of transfer regardless of what the sport actually is, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you train out of Bondi Boxing Club with Tony Del Vecchio, who is really highly regarded in the boxing world. And I know he's said of you that your work ethic is second to none. So aside from kind of going through your training with table tennis and developing those skills, what is where does that desire kind of come from to be that way? Because, you know, a lot of people kind of think about being disciplined or think about working hard, but then that never actually follow through, yeah. you know. So where is that, where does that desire come from to be that way or live your life in that way? 
I don't know, to be honest, but I think that I've always been that way. Like I've always uh, been very, very goal orientated and like doing things for me. Um, and like, I don't let anything stop me and I do, don't do stuff um, half hearted. So, you know, I'm boxing full time. I mean, I quit my job just to do this full time because I said, if I'm going to be in it, I need to be in it 100%. You know, like this is not like table tennis. Like I can get hurt in this sport and I want to actually achieve things. And I feel like it's possible as well, especially now with, like I said, like the team I have around me and the sponsors I have around me helping me to reach my goals, you know, like it's definitely possible. So I just want to give it everything I got and don't let anything or anyone stop me or tell me that I can't. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing to have that kind of outlook. And I think even believing that it's possible, right, is is part of having a dream and being able to go for it. Because if you don't believe that it's even possible, then why bother, right? Yeah. So it's this massive goal of yours, this this dream, where does that come from? You know, how did you come to find that this is your your big goal? I honestly don't know, but I think that when I walked into Bonner Boxing Club, um, I saw Tony training um, one of the girls there and he just looked so good. And obviously I've heard so many good things about him and that he's a really good trainer. So I knew straight away that if I'm going to be good at this sport, he's the one who's going to help me get there and we're going to be a solid team. And I mean, from day one, he's taking me in as one of his own and, and we've been training so bloody hard to go where we are now and and I feel like yeah I have a good trainer to teach me the craft and and to go where I need to go so it's just just something I want to do just a fire in my belly you know like uh, I started boxing I think four years ago and I haven't missed one session like not one session like I wake up every morning with determination wanting to go and train and wanting to improve and be better every single day yeah it's a kind of like that desire to want to just be the best you can be almost right because there is no I find with boxing there is no end like you sort of you get better but once you get better it still gets harder it never gets any easier because you're working harder your work rate is harder then your sessions just get harder. And so it's just this moving target, right? That's what I find for me, that it's just, it's never ending. It just keep, you just keep going and going, right? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So you've kind of talked about your training schedule, which is a bit insane. It's like 15 times per week or something like that, something crazy, which obviously means that you're doing uh, double sessions on some days. So can you talk me through what an average week of training looks like for you? So what are you doing day to day? What are those training sessions made up of? So it depends on where we are at camp. But right now I'm in the beginning of camp. So we just started sparring next week. But in the mornings I normally box myself or I go on the bike as my cardio morning session. And then I have a rest. I do a session with my mindset coach over in the UK. Um, and then I train with Tony uh, one session a day as well. And I also do strength training and conditioning as well. So it's like a mix of all of that. And then you got to uh, fit in your sparring and your partner work and, and the rest of that as well. So it's just a mix of, of all of that things. But depending on where you are in camp, depending on how many sessions you're doing and what you're training you're doing. Yeah, gotcha. And so when you're in, a, in, when you're in camp, training for a fight how many times a week would you spar and how many you know 
because you obviously need to give yourself a rest in between sparring as well. Yeah, I spar normally around three times a week uh, with different girls. So sparring three times a week. And then I've done a lot of work uh, with the Billy Hussein and Lauren Eagle as well. So normally I go, go there like once a week or something like that and work with them, which is really good. Uh, it's not uh, like sparring, but it's more training. Um, and um, yeah, but around three times a week, I would say. Yeah. Do you do sort of like two, three-minute rounds? What are, what are the rounds like and how many rounds are you doing of so sparring? Because I'm a female, I fight two-minute rounds. So I'm sparring two minutes rounds as well because, you know, you need to explode faster when it's two minutes rather than three minutes where it's like a bit of slower pace. But, yeah, so I'm, I'm sparring um, two-minute rounds. Oh, awesome. So I also, you know, sort of heard you say that you've obviously trained in Asia as well. I think you told me that you trained in the Philippines, which is, you know, obviously a different experience than training here in Australia. So what are the main differences that you have noticed between – training in Asia and training in Australia? Oh, my God, there is so many. So uh, I've gone uh, training in Philippines three times now, uh, and it's just unbelievable. Like if COVID wasn't happening, I would be there right now for this camp 100%. And the mentality is just different. Like I'm blessed to have so many friends over in Philippines because Mrs. Elorde, she owns a lot of gyms over there, so she's the lady who looks after us. And... Um, you know, you pay the fighters per round and they are there to actually do a job. So when you come into the gym every day, they greet you and they're like, hello, Lynn, like today we're going to turn you into a fighter. And that for them is like, even if you are down, they are still hitting you. They don't care at all. But they are doing that out of goodwill to make you better, you know. And every day you come into the gym, they fix up your gloves. They're making all nice for you, but you're training like a machine. And these People are living in the gym as well, you know, like they are really, really there for you. Um, but they are fighters. And I remember me and my friend, my best, one of my best friends uh, went to Philippines together and she's a lawyer. And when we went there, we t- they asked her what she was doing for work and stuff like that. And we were saying she's a lawyer. And I think they asked us like 10 times, like they couldn't understand how this girl who is a lawyer could also want to become a boxer. Like, why are you boxing? You are a lawyer. Like, why yeah, do you right. want to be here and why are you boxing? Um, so, yeah, it's definitely different, but also so good to go there. Training. Yeah, so the intensity is just at a, at a whole nother level, isn't it? So, yeah, so we sparred every day. We sparred six rounds in the morning every day. Straight after that, we trained for two hours. And then in the afternoon, we trained another, trained another three hours. Yeah. It was like still like training like six hours a day and spar every single day six rounds. Six rounds is a lot for sparring. That's so much. Yeah, just the sparring itself is a lot, and then training two hours after that, and in the heat and like, yeah, it's just it's just not. It's really mentally challenging. That's just so hectic. What did you do? when you were there to get through the training? Because was it a shock to your system that they were hitting it so hard in terms of intensity that you had to kind of shift your mentality in a way to get through it? Definitely. I mean, I remember because also we went there, so it was me and my best friend, but we went there without a coach. So just going there with with a coach would have been hard. So going there without a coach, like it's even harder. And I remember my friend, like she cried in the beginning and Tony had told me, like, if you cry, I'm going to kill you. So whatever you do, don't cry. And I'm like, really, really try not to cry. But after a while, you're just so exhausted. 
and you are in that ring and they don't stop hitting you. But, you know, it's a good thing. It's not bad. It's, it's just you are so physically and mentally tired from, from all of these new experiences. But then you come to that, you have that day where you're like mentally breaking down and then picking yourself back up. And I remember sending Tony, my coach, an email the last day of a two-week camp. And I said to him, look, I've gone here as a girl, but I'm, now I'm coming back home as a fighter. I feel like a fighter. And, you know, just having him also, because we send him videos every day showing the sparring and what we were doing. And every day he used to say to us, he goes, oh, no, do it better. Make it faster. Do it better there. Punch harder there. And I'm like, can you just be happy? But then in the end, the last day was like, now I'm happy. Now you girls are doing exactly what I want you to do kind of thing. And so just the, the growth of it all as well. And it's going so quickly, like two weeks and I was a completely different girl, you know? Yeah. It sounds like a really intense and very, such an immersive uh, experience because you just all, it's all encompassing, right? When you grow, for anything to grow, like you can kind of maybe think about it like a muscle. You have to kind of break down a muscle for it to grow. And so it's the same with life or anything that you do. You kind of have to get to that point, that breaking point. You're then required to to gear yourself up to take yourself to the next level, essentially. That's kind of how it works. Yeah, exactly. So I know something that a lot of people will be interested in is what your nutrition looks like because as an athlete, nutrition is hugely important. And for you specifically, you need to be in good shape, but more so, you know, for performance-wise to be able to perform in the gym and perform in the ring. So what do you sort of eat on an average day to maintain your strength for performance? Yeah. Uh, well, I have a nutritionist that I work with um, over in Canada. So he works a lot with the UFC fighters. So like during camp, uh, I work a lot with him and his schedule. Uh, I'm also sponsored by uh, my muscle chef. So I love like their protein shakes and, and the food from there. But um, also I'm in love with pasta, right? <laughs> I eat a lot of pasta, <laughs> uh, to be honest. I mean, I train so much. So the, for me, like... To be lean or, or be on weight, it's not that hard. Even in re- like even regardless of what I'm eating, I can pretty much eat whatever I want. Uh, but I'm trying, obviously, when I need to start cutting weight, you know, I eat more clean and like, yeah, it's more clean. But when I don't have to cut weight, like I love my sweets, I love my pasta, all of that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when you do weight cut, because obviously, uh, uh, you know, every every fighter has a different process for cutting weight in the lead up to a fight. And, you know, you're quite little anyway. So your weight division is is the flyweight, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's quite low anyways. But, you know, to, to make weight, what's your method for cutting weight in the lead up to a weigh-in? So... Obviously, because I eat so much pasta and stuff normally, I obviously cut off all of the pasta. Like I said, like I used to eat cleaner pretty much and try to do a more, uh, more t- spend more time on the bicycle. And then the day of the weigh-in, if I need to, you know, do a bath or, or a sauna the night before. Uh, but I don't like struggling with weight cut. Like I wouldn't, I, w- I would prefer not even to have to cut a lot of weight at during fight week at all so I like it like I have a um, weight journal where I every morning write down my weight every night write down my weight just to keep on track on everything um, and just be aware of where I'm standing and how far off I am you know 
Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that kind of consistent approach. Um, I mean, I've spoken to a few fighters who do that where it's a little bit more consistent so they don't have to cut drastic, you know, weight in the last week because lead up to a fight, obviously you're already dealing with a million other things. You've yeah. got to get your mindset right. You've got to get your body right. You've got to, you know, and then the weight on top of it is just a whole nother thing. So that's a really nice way to kind of approach it, I guess, is, is lead into it. And also just be wary of it you know I think that's important for sport but also just in general people are wanting to stay on top of their nutrition just to be mindful of it every day which is a really good one you touched on working with a mindset coach which I'm really really excited to chat to you about because mental fitness I feel like is such an important piece to not only sport but just everyday life and living a really healthful and happy life. We need to make sure that our mind is on point. And especially for boxing, in your case, it demands such focus. Yeah. And people often say that boxing is such a, it's a mental game. Obviously, you learn the technique, but mentally you need to be on. So I'm really interested to know, how would you describe your mindset before you started working with your coach? Yep. Yeah. So obviously, I got to do my. I, I had my professional debut on the Team Sue Carter's Wall in Townsville, and that was in front of sixteen thousand people. And I was gone going from being an amateur straight into pro, obviously. And and I I don't think I was prepared for all of the exposure I was going to get. So it was just nuts, you know. People wanted to see me win. And it was so many people that wanted to see me win. And there was people that wanted to see me lose. And there was people who didn't think that I deserved the opportunity that I was given. And, you know, it was just so much around me that at one stage I even had to uh, shut off my social media because it was just going nuts. And I remember me and my coach, we also had to cross the borders because of COVID. Uh, So we had to spend three weeks in Queensland. And, you know, like he sacrificed a lot for me being able to do this, you know, leaving his gym behind and, and and all of that stuff. And I remember walking out to the ring thinking like, ah, oh, this is cool. Like uh, I've handled all of the pressure really well. Like I'm proud of myself. But then in that ring from that moment, like I remember one punch. It was like my body was in the fight, but mentally I was not there at all. And I've never, ever experienced that before. And then when they obviously announced the decision, uh, the other girl won, um, I was just in shock. And I remember saying to Tony in shock, I was like, I don't know what happened. I want to go in there and do it again. Like this has never happened to me before. And, you know, I can't fault any of my preparations or any of my training because I trained super hard, you know, like I've done everything right. It was just my mind just switched off. So then I was lucky enough to meet Chris, who works at a company called Leap76 over in the UK. And he works with some of the best uh, boxers in the world. Um, Shannon Courtney, who fought Ebony Bridges. He works with Connor Ben, um, who also recently fought. And so now I'm working with him and he just completely changed it all. Um, he, you know, we worked so hard on my focus and to be present. Um, and he's also he's, he's completely changed me as a person. Uh, you know, I really found myself again, you know, being this driven and happy girl that I used to be. Uh, and, you know, he's also taught me to uh, be leave stuff that's not adding value to me behind. So, like, 
and a lot of people can have opinions or say things like why why don't I get get this or stuff like that or you don't deserve that or you know but I really just I'm in such a good place at the moment thanks to him and his mindset you know so I'm just super excited to see where he's going to take me next because if you saw my last fight everyone's been saying like I look like a completely different girl you know what happened but it was just we did so much work you know I probably worked 20 hours a week purely on my mindset like you know like coaching sessions with him and then all of the tasks that he was giving me as well so it is such a beautiful tool you know your mind it's like it's incredible what it can do and and I'm super excited to see like I said like the next level uh, in a couple of weeks yeah where it's going to take you. I know. And I think, you know, sometimes it is harder to focus on the mindset because mindset, when you think about it, it's so vague, like no one can really see it. Right. So when you're looking at a sport or, you know, any kind of fitness practice, you're looking at the movement part of it, because that's the thing that's appealing. You can see, you know, you feel what you're doing in your body and whatnot, but the mental fitness piece of it, I feel like just, you know, for sport, but in life, you know, as well, I'm sure that, you know, like you said, it's, ta- it's, you've become a completely different person. So it, yep. it's going to translate to other areas oh, yeah, of your yeah, life yeah. outside of the ring, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I've had so many people around me that said, you know, like, wow, you are a completely different person. You feel so strong and you tackle obstacles so well at the moment like I'm just completely different and confident in myself and, and just happy and and driven you know so yeah it, it, it is truly amazing and everyone that you know can work on the mindset really should like even if you're not struggling with something it's not about struggling with something but just you know getting the guidance and the tools that you need to succeed with whatever you want to succeed with. I think it is about, you know, that perspective shift because the way that we, everybody has a different experience of the world or different events or whatnot, right? You could have, you know, you could have and another person could have been in that fight and and experienced something completely different depending on what they would see through their perception. And so, you know, I'm, as a coach, I'm always really, uh, you know, so focused on on working on that piece as well because you can't really do one without the other to really succeed and do well. Whatever your goal is, you need to switch on both and have both working together so that it can really help you uh, move forward into that next level. I'm really excited to see how it's going to go with this next camp and into your next fight, which will be amazing as well. One thing that I do know uh, from talking to a lot of boxers is that boxers experience this level of anxiety and stress particularly before a fight as they're stepping into the ring or uh, when they're going into hard sparring, which you've done obviously many times. So is there something that you could suggest to people? I mean, they don't have to be a boxer, but, you know, because people experience anxiety and stress in many areas of life, but for both, what can people do? What have you learned to calm the nerves and take control of that mind in those moments uh normally when i'm nervous or anything like that i normally think that oh but it's not going to help me being nervous like i have a job to do in front of me you know like i just need to go out there it's just another day at the office you know i I, i've practiced for this i just need to go out and perform the best that i could possibly perform you know um and yeah that's 
pretty much what I normally think. Well, it's that self-talk is how you speak to yourself yeah. really because if you're focusing on what could go wrong, then that's just going to fuel that anxiety and that the kind of fight or flight mode that's, that's sort of in your body, that adrenaline that pumps through. Yeah. So when you switch out of fighter mode, what other things do you need to do to maintain a healthy body and mind? What are the other kind of practices you do? Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not a party girl. <laughs> So I think that I just like in general, like I live in the gym, you know what I mean? But I also love going to the beach. That's my other happy place, you know, like or be close to the ocean. Trying to enjoy life, you know, spend time with my friends and and do things that makes me happy. And I think that's super important, you know, like find that balance and, and, and do stuff that makes you happy and add value to your life. 100%. Do you feel that you struggle to keep yourself out of the gym because you love it so much that, you know, do you ever get to a point where your body is calling out to you to say like, I just need a, a rest or like some a timeout or anything? And uh, No, actually not because I'm uh, um, also working with Chris, you know, uh, I've started to spend way less time in the gym. So when I'm in the gym, all I do is train, like I'm focused, like, uh, you know, I don't, gossip around or worry about what other people are doing you know I'm just there for me and to perform and once I'm done you know I leave I go home and do recovery or you know I do work what I would need to do for my business or or stuff like that um but I don't spend unnecessary time in the gym um and focus really much on my recovery that's so good and that's a and that's the piece too where Recovery, I think, is underrated sometimes because, yeah. you know, sometimes you get too busy. Oh, I don't want to foam roll. I don't want to go, you know, get into some salts or or whatever. And and But part of that is that the recovery aids your performance. So even though you're not actively doing something and contracting your muscles, you still are working towards that goal with, yeah. with that in mind. Well, that's really cool that you've kind of found that balance, I think. One thing that I tend to ask all my guests is, because I'm really interested about this, is what is your greatest rejection or failure that you've experienced in your life? Well, for me, it must be losing my pro debut, to be honest. Because I was yeah. going to go in there, you know, my mind was just set on winning and then I just let myself down completely. Or I can't really say that I let myself down, but I was not there you know and it was just so disheartening but then also for me to then three days later be back in the gym and, and go like you know what I'm going to get another shot at this and then be lucky enough to have the the guys at no limit giving me another opportunity at such a great card you know yeah so that was probably the, the hardest time like going through that loss for me especially being an elite athlete and you know but also prove to myself that you know what it doesn't matter because the support I got after losing my first fight, going into my second fight, was probably even bigger than it was the first time. So, you know, the people that are following me and, and are around me, it's just amazing. And, and they just support me regardless. So now I'm on a roll and I never, ever want to feel that feeling again. So it's, it's, it's actually a blessing in disguise and it's just have made me work so much harder to where I want to go, you know. I mean, that's one of the greatest things, I guess, about rejection or failure is that often if we, you know, have a, a, a more positive way of looking at the experience that we can take a lesson from it and we can learn something from it, right? Which obviously you've made all of those shifts and come out and, you know, 
your first pro win is the result of that loss essentially, yeah. which is which is just goes to show you that that's, you know, that's what can come out of it, the positive that can come out of it. Definitely. Your your next fight is coming up. So tell us all the details of when that's going to be. Yeah, so uh, I'm fighting uh, 7th of July in Newcastle again on the Team Sue versus the Michael Sarafa undercard which is going to be unreal. You know, it's going to be the biggest part of the year, I reckon. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited. Amazing. And so the event is sold out, but where can people stream it or where can they watch it? Yeah, well, it will be live on uh, KO Sports and Fox Sports. So you can watch it that on, I think, pretty much every pub as well. <laughs> so we're going to be cheering you on, definitely. Thank you. <laughs> You're just such an amazing role model for, you know, women to pursue their dreams and goals. And particularly, like you said, it's, you know, such a male-dominated sport, boxing. And to be just dominating in the sport and have such an incredible work ethic and discipline to be able to show other women like it's possible. It doesn't matter what the goal is just to have that drive, go for it. So I'm so grateful to have you on the show. So thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love it. Thank you. Guys, you can find Lynn on Instagram at Sandstrom Boxer. Also her website, sandstromboxer.com. And if you like this episode, make sure you screenshot it and share it to your IG stories. Make sure you tag at Rage Active and at Sandstrom Boxer. Thank you again, Lynn, for joining me. And guys, thank you for for listening to another episode of the Rage Active Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Yeah.